0: You are listening to Aldrin St-Pierre on SAFM, weekdays, 3 to 6 p.m. 0614104107, your tweets at Aldrin St-Pierre, and our studio line is 086-002032. we We're in conversation next with Dr. Jose Nsaramogopa, the Minister of Electricity, and this is the interview. What are possible solutions to the current electricity crisis in the country? It is well documented that our electricity woes started in 2007 when our country experienced national blackouts of electricity supply due to insufficient genera- generation capacity. But what's even more worrying is the fact that 17 years later, we're still tussling with the same issue with no concrete solutions. However, our Minister of Electricity, Dr. Yans- Dr Ansu Ramahupa, is quite optimistic that South Africa will gradually end load shedding for good. The minister recently conducted a diagnostic visit to 18 power stations, all in an attempt to find solutions to South Africa's energy crisis. Dr. Ramahupa now joining us on the line. Minister, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. Yeah,
1: afternoon, Audrey, and afternoon to the listeners of SAFM. Thank you very much for the invite.
0: Really appreciate your time, Minister. Yesterday, when there was the announcement that government has decided to terminate the state of disaster on electricity, one of the reasons that was given was that there's been a significant improvement, and one of those enablers being the impo- appointment of uh, the Minister of of of, of electricity. But the picture that you painted today sounded a bit bleak because now you're speaking about um, losing about ten thousand megawatts um, of of electricity that we may need, and the gap growing. So, possibility of a stage ten? What
1: improved? No, not at all. So, so maybe just to put the issues into context, the declaration of state of disaster was on uh, electricity and. Uh, Electricity has got uh, implications uh, across, the, if you like, the the entire full spectrum of uh, of people's lives. I mean, uh, if you look at uh, its manifestations, at local authorities, uh, the ability of uh, water authorities to replenish uh, the reservoirs to make it possible for us to get water the right quality and quantity that we wanted. Uh, you need to run wastewater treatment where to separate solid waste from from water and treat the water to the right quality before you release it into the streams or back into into the system for, for reuse. And we know that the, um, a number of telcos have raised an issue that there's the, a the significant increase in the number of drop calls as a result of load shedding and they had to invest up to Five billion rands collectively to ensure that they they up if you like the uninterrupted power supply at uh, most of their 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 uh, uh, power uh, towers and also at their data centers. Uh, farmers, uh, just the other day when I was talking to them, they've raised the point that um, the cost of uh, doing business is increasing exponentially because they have to. Investing upfront capital cost to buy generators uh, and also the operational cost to uh, um, replenish uh, diesel so that they can uh, irrigate and maintain the the cold chain. So what is the point I'm making is that the electricity is, the shortage of electricity has got uh, multiple manifestations. Mm. So the, the the state of disaster was to help to resolve uh, any occurrence that can. Uh, Deteriorate the quality of lives of our people as a result of uh, a generation not meeting supply. So the point I was making that in the generation space, primarily on the, on the ESCOM, uh, the ESCOM side, because ESCOM is a dominant player, uh, you are going to find that the interventions that you're proposing uh, really don't rely on the, the declaration of the state of disaster within the existing parameters of the law, the dispensation that exists. It is possible for you to execute, uh, if you like, uh, your 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 recovery or uh, the implementation plan to get that additional six thousand megawatts on stream without necessarily relying on the provisions of uh, the declaration of the state of disaster. Of course, when you move to another area, uh, the, the the manifestations might be different, and perhaps the the existing instruments are not sufficient. But in the consideration of uh, of uh, uh, the the NICOM and also the structures in government, we have arrived at the point that the the tools that are now available to us uh, are sufficient to enable us to to respond comprehensively. Now, the the termination of the state of disaster does not suggest that there is no crisis or we are not mm. there in a state we are we are not confronted uh, with the with um, an existential question. It simply means that the tools available to you are sufficient to respond to that disaster, that you, you are going to be effective in responding to that disaster. It's a different conversation, and perhaps as the conversation unfolds, I'll, I'll share with you what I'll some of those interventions from the generation side that we, we are proposing, and I'll be able, hopefully, to illustrate that the, the existing um, uh, legal instruments are sufficient for yeah. us to be able to achieve that which we we desire.
0: So it's not necessarily true that there has been an improvement in
1: electricity supply? No, no. So what you have seen is that uh, the, there's a considerable number of units that uh, are coming on stream. You've seen that the, uh, some of uh, the, the, not, uh, the power stations that were notorious for uh, underperformance from the energy availability factor, essentially the efficiency of uh, the installed units at those uh, power stations are beginning to lift their performance and therefore gradually improving generation. And then at certain points, we have uh, noticed that there there has been a considerable decline or noticeable decline in demand, especially during the long weekends like now. I'm sure we have seen that the projection is that we'll be moving, oscillating between stage one and stage two. And what, what why is that the case is because the we the peak uh, has, is tapering. What I mean by that is, uh, uh, the peak really talks to a period in the day that are of concentrated use. So, when we don't have a long weekend, it's a normal weekday. Uh, the peak really, it's uh, the morning peak is anything between uh, five and uh, and uh, and half past seven. Um, And you are unlikely going to find that people are waking up at the same time doing the morning chores before they they go to work. And that's why that peak uh, uh, is tapering. And and therefore, uh, you you have uh, a a bit of room, and that's why you are able to go down to lower stages of load shedding. The same is the case with uh, the evening peak, uh, because uh, it's a long weekend. They were not going to work. It doesn't peak at the same time. At the normal time, and and it's also tapering, uh, and and uh, it's not as um, as pronounced, and that's why we're talking about the reduction in demand, and that gives scope for you to go to lower stages of load sharing. So, the long and short uh, to to your question, no, there's no considerable increase in generation capacity for me to say to the country that we're out of the woods. In fact, if anything, we're going to enter an exceptionally difficult period. Uh, when you go the other side of May, that's when uh, uh, winter is uh, at its most intense, and we know that uh, if you look at historic trends, uh, we, on average, at winter, the consumption demand rather is about mm-hmm. 35,000 uh, megawatts, uh, and at, uh, it's very, very high. That's average, but at its height, uh, could be about 37,000 megawatts. But at any given point, SCOM uh, can uh, guarantee you this is a trend line. Can guarantee yep. you anything between 27 and 28,000 megawatts so you can see the difference is significant you asked the question are we going to go to stage eight no how you you you, you reduce uh, if you like the deficit the difference between the generation and the demand you then start to run your picking plants uh, your open cycle gas mm-hmm. turbine uh, we know that they give us uh, on the total installed on those ones It's about 5,800 megawatts. So you are able to bring down the deficit to levels that in inverted commas are acceptable load shedding. I'm saying inverted commas because load shedding is not acceptable and we shouldn't normalize the fact that there is load shedding.
0: Sure, but the acting head of Generation had said that we should be at around a 60% energy availability factor um, by March. And during your press briefing, you said we're hovering at around 53%. Does this mean that ESCOM is failing? The board is failing? Why are we not at 60% yet?
1: Well, I I, I want to arrive at those conclusions. I can say the following to you and the public. Thanks for that question. By the way, I did say that we're going to be brutally honest with yeah. the public. Now we're at 53%. We're seven 7 percentage points away from where we want to be. And and that really is a, is a result of the... A number of factors uh, so the first one is that uh, there's uh, an increase in the number of trips or what they and also uh, what we, we call unplanned capability um, load factor essentially is about uh, the failures of uh, this unit uh, they are highly un- unpredictable uh, and that's why uh, uh, Aldrin, you are able to move from stage one and suddenly you are at stage four it is those oscillations that are are unacceptable because you need to, if you like, uh, uh, arrive at some stage where you think that uh, uh, I've stabilized, inverted mm-hmm. commas, I'm saying stabilized so that uh, there's some degree of predictability. Uh, of course, I did say load sharing is unacceptable. But at least the country knows that uh, at least I'm at this level, I'm unlikely going to go to higher stages of load shedding. Even in instances where an opportunity arises for you to go to lower stages of load shedding as a result of the uh, additional capacity, I think you must use that opportunity to do planned maintenance so that uh, if you like uh, the short-term pain and long-term gain. Uh, so you're going to take the pain at acceptable levels, uh, even in instances where you could wipe out the uh, the, the, the load shedding uh, mm. stages. But you use those as an opportunity for you to do work on your uh, plant and maintenance on your existing plant, uh, and then make sure that when you return them, they, they really are, are at the highest levels of uh, performance and the stability on the grid. And we've we been able to eliminate uh, load shedding. Uh, so, so yes, we, we are not where we're supposed to be. And, and my visa also has to do with uh, what we call planning in general. So yeah. how does it manifest itself in the following way? The most acute ways is uh, what they call outage slips. Outage slips means uh, I've planned to take out unit X uh, and then I take it out and I say to to the system operator, the person who balances uh, if you like, generation and demand that I'm going to retain this unit in three days. And you find that uh, you don't retain it in three days, you retain it in five days. And what are some of the, the root causes? Uh, it's a planning issue. So when you take out Unit X, because it's a planned maintenance, yeah. uh, you already know the kind of, uh, uh, if you like, instrumentation, equipment that is uh, required to be replaced. And you find people take them out and suddenly they find that, no, in the workshop, I'm not sitting with the, uh, with those uh, spares, uh, the equipment, and they start ordering them, and in some instances, the lead time are considerably high. So, what we we're talking about is that there has to be, if like outage planning, must be um, a better plan. So like sure. when I take unit X, uh, these things are in the, in the, in the workshop. Yeah. How, so how much? Uh, of
2: pro-
0: yeah. How much of that, Minister, is also to blame on the service providers? For instance, um, the ones who are supposed to do the maintenance on the turbines and the boilers and so forth and what's the service level agreement that um, that escom has with those companies are there any penalties because we hear that sometimes you'd find that um, the the engineers from these companies would prefer to work on holidays public holidays sundays and so forth because it comes with uh, w- with with
1: with double pay ah it's a brilliant brilliant question thanks uh, adri so 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 a few things there so first is that they over a period of time um, because of uh, uh, um, uh, packages and incentives that were not improving consistent with the market conditions. So ESCOM has lost a, a lot of uh, experienced engineers and what they do, they just transition into uh, consulting and uh, companies. They go into some of the, uh, the companies that are contracted to ESCOM. To, to, to uh, and as a result, we have lost that uh, ability uh, internally on key technical areas. What should constitute the key competence, the areas that they should be in-house, and you find that when uh, outside contractors come in, there is no incentive really to maintain the energy availability factor. In fact, there's reward. Uh, the number of breakdowns, you get to be rewarded. There's call-out fee the units are out, you fix them, that's how you 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 make your your money. So one of the issues that we are raising is that going forward the contractor should be measured on the energy availability factor. So essentially you reward them for the system not breaking. Mm -hmm. And so you're changing the equation essentially because in that way then you are guaranteeing if you like megawatts into this into the into the system. But the situation we're experiencing now is that they are not measured on that. It's only station managers. The the, the second one is a a procurement environment. So there's a list of a database of approved uh, um, uh, providers. So essentially what happens is that a unit breaks and then there's a component we're looking for. And then what we do is um, the algorithm is a station manager then uh, goes to procurement and says, this unit is out, I want the following space. And then they call uh, Ramukoba to say because he's on the beat and uh, say he uh, uh, submits uh, if you like uh, a, 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 a a a a beat and they say okay it's a preferred bidder, and then they give me the rights to go and 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 get this equipment and you find that some of it uh, is uh, extremely expensive I can't get guarantees from the bank I yeah. can't raise enough money and then. Uh, for that period that has been given the window to, to to deliver the spare, I'm not able yep. to get the money. Uh, and therefore, then they have to cancel that order and then restart the process. So you have lost time because you are stopping and starting. So we think that once we do understand that that dispensation is meant to uh, broaden, if you like, the base, introduce other players into the market, you are confronted with okay. a crisis, it's an energy crisis that has got... The potential to collapse the country, All right. so we say create a special dispensation. esco must go directly to the original equipment manufacturer, and the provisions of the PFMA allows you for that. You can invoke the provision of sole provider yep. you can go to agency emergency whichever one is appropriate and make sure that we get the spare year as opposed to going to a third party who's got liquidity property. and that's where and the, the that corruption way.
0: issue also comes in minister absolutely, we're going to take a quick we're going to take a quick break minister then we're going to come back and take a few calls and comments on zero six one four one zero four
2: one zero seven. SABC2's primetime slot will have you feeling all sorts of excitement. Wow, 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 wow. Bringing families together in My People Mondays at 7. Speaking of family, we cook up a storm in Top Chef Family Style Tuesdays at 7. This is how we grow. Shine a spotlight on the daily struggles of ordinary South Africans in Focus Wednesdays at 7. And who says you can only have one passion? Unlock your 100% Wednesdays at 7:30. How far are you willing to go for love? I'm nervous. Find out in Love Without Borders Thursdays at 7. Con White. We continue with the journey go In Footspurter, Fridays at 7. end off a fantastic week with a chuckle or two with Kevin Hart's celebrity game face Sundays at 6:30. CBC 2 you belong.
3: This is way better than I could have ever imagined.
0: Call us on 86 000 2032 Let's quickly speak to Colin joining us from Cape Town. Colin, good afternoon. Hello. Sure, Colin, please be quick. Oh, good afternoon.
3: Good evening, afternoon. Um, good evening um, Aldrin. And good evening to um, the minister. Minister, you know, you've got a hell of a job. You've got a hell of a job. I want to ask you one question, uh, well, two maybe. Um, you report, uh, I heard uh, that you report um, directly to um, Sir Ramaphosa, our, our prime minister. You, you're in our same office or someone like that. Now, what I want to know, uh, I heard you talk on the radio about we've got to get the parts that belong, to wherever it belongs. Instead of buying inferior parts, we must go back to the original buyers, uh, the sellers. And um, whatever happened about about a year ago, when I spoke about technicians, the shortage of technicians and engineers. Okay,
0: Colin, I'm gonna get, ask you to quickly get to your question. Please, please, okay. please. Okay,
3: my question is, what happened uh, uh, to the engineers uh, there was over 1,000 engineers that were prepared to go and help ESCOM, the uh, ex-ESCOM um, workers, uh, technicians, engineers, and all that. And i tell you what, uh, you can't put an Ingersoll-Ran and a Ballasin-Morco compressor. Okay, uh, Colin, a- I'm,
0: I'm so sorry. We need to get to other comments as well. Zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. Good afternoon, Minister. Good afternoon, Mr. Adrian and the team and the lawyer listeners. Minister, please, is it possible for us to have specific low-shedding in specific areas, such as we group the country into two? We have industrial area, and then we have um, residential area. So residential areas will have their low-shedding probably in the afternoon, because majority of people might be at work. And then the industrial areas will have their low-shedding in, the in the evening, because majority of the businesses or companies are
3: shut down. It's Bramorro in in Bloemfontein. <laughs>
4: Judy from KZN, please would you ask the Electricity Minister, why is it so difficult for small scale embedded generators to put um, electricity back into the grid and why is ESCOM making it so uncost effective for them to change, especially rural um, users, to change their usage rates, say from the land one to the ruraflex, it it costs hundreds, hundred thousand easily, and it just makes it unviable. So people aren't doing things by the book. They must just become more effective and allow people to put back into the grid so that we can have electricity, and then find ways to make sure that um, they look after the grid so that it can accept the different types of energy coming in. Thank you.
0: Okay, and Eddie, quickly, good afternoon. Hello, how are you? Good, good, Eddie.
3: No, thank you very much. No, I just want to ask the minister, and minister, welcome. Um, I just want to ask about the, you know, around uh, 1996, That I think it was the minister, Musa. at that time, he proposed that we should have the regional electricity distributors. Mm. And I think the advantage for that was that um, people who are living in a specific region they will be able to know that how much electricity that they consume and also be committed to make sure that they have electricity in their region. I don't know okay. how far is that because I find, I find it, it was relevant then. I think it's still relevant even now.
0: Thank you so much. Minister, unfortunately, Thank we're running out of time. So I'm going to ask you to quickly rush through those questions.
1: No, it is absolutely correct. I think there was an idea around microgrids and at the time, I think, Local authorities were opposed to that idea. Um, I absolutely agree with you. We need to revisit some of these options that were at the table uh, to allow us an opportunity to broaden the scope of uh, solutions. Uh, on the issues around the uh, Bramoro, yes, I think, like I said, everything is on the table. If you talk to various uh, industry players, especially uh, your farmers, they tell you that it's okay, we can live with load shedding, but it's impact. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, less pronounced when you load schedulers during these periods of the day, and that's a submission that they've made to the office, and we're looking at that, of course, working with the system engineers and the colleagues at the ESCOM. On calling, yes, I think there has been an offer to uh, by a former ESCOM employees, so we, we will be engaging with those. The Engineering Council of South Africa also has a list of people have raise their hands, so we, we are really going to be engaging with the players in this space. I must say that there's high levels of uh, of uh, enthusiasm from the engineering community uh, raising their hands as patriots to help in the resolution of this uh, problem, which has been particularly encouraging and overwhelming. So we, we will work with them, and, and I'm sure that when I come back with the second round on uh, the resources that will be deployed to resolve this question, will be able to share with you comprehensively what the, those options are. Uh, Thanks, Alton.
0: Okay, Minister, just a quick one on um, the, the the issue relating to corruption and the proposal from the DA that there be an inquiry. In hindsight, do you think that that was wrong for Parliament not to adopt that ad hoc committee to look into corruption at ESCOM because it's so rive seemingly, looking at the arrest quite recently as well?
3: Oh, well, I think uh, uh,
1: the Parliament uh, applied uh, its mind on the issues of corruption. The Zondo Commission has uh, documented what the issues are. Uh, some of the culprits, those who are thought to be in the wrong, uh, some of them are before the, the courts. The courts will make a determination. I, I think the point I'm making is that where I pick up instances where there's every reason to believe that there's corruption, there's a one of the nine work deals with uh, crime and safety. I ask those matters to that were extreme because there is people who are competent to deal with that matter, and they, they should be able to help us on solutions to address uh, any any manifestation of corruption. But yes, I did say that in Kusini, you can see traces of uh, corruption and its repercussions, yeah. and uh, part of uh, the failures at Kusini uh, really has to do can be. Uh, directly related to that and, and unfortunately the, the economy is paying a, a severe cost uh, but what we assist with now as uh, the law enforcement agency are dealing with uh, the corrupt uh, ones we, we are dealing with the the technical solution to get the three units at the kusile power track and the and the other ones at midi to continue to operate at their their design capacity
0: Thank you so much for your time, Dr. Hossein rather, the Minister of Electricity. Apologies, we're a bit late for the news headlines.